Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen of Calvary Chapel Pearland. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. Then he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. And friends, that's why I wear a fish hook on my head. And so in our story here, just like Elisha did, Simon and Andrew, they left their nets. They left their income. Elisha left his oxen. He left his fields. He left his people, everything, his family. They walked away from everything they had. They walked away from their career, their money, their income, everything they knew. Why? In order to follow God's calling on their lives. And I think Jesus probably had Elisha on his mind when he said in Luke 9, 62, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. See, when God calls you to go do something, you can't be more concerned about everything that you're leaving behind. If your old life takes more priority than God's kingdom, then you will not follow through the calling like you ought to. Same with salvation. To come to Jesus, you got to leave your old life. And I can really relate how it must have been for Elisha on his big send-off party. Festive, yes, but yet for him, he was about to leave everything he'd ever known, what he did, his job, his career. The disciples, they left their nets. Friends, when you read the Bible, try to relate to the people you're reading about. Don't just look at them like they're in a fishbowl. Try to get in their life with them. That's what I'm trying to do here is I'm trying to draw you in. Elisha left his fields. The disciples left their nets. These guys left everything they knew, their income, their friends, their family, familiar surroundings, to go out and do the work of the Lord. And so, friends, when ministers mess up a little bit, don't kick them while they're down, okay? They left everything to do this. Have some sympathy. Help them get back on track. Maybe they didn't see something. Maybe they got like Elijah. All they could see was negatives, but come in and try to help them with a still small voice of encouragement. Help them back up, and let's, let's march on some more, okay? I'm, I guarantee you, your pastor will appreciate me saying what I just said. If you have these these grudge feelings about him, you go to him, you call him on the phone right now, you do whatever it takes to say, Pastor, I'm sorry, I want to help you. What can I do? Do that. He will think the world just came apart, okay? <laughs> He'll love it. When you do the work for the Lord, not just in ministry, but in your own walk with Jesus Christ, there are times of weakness when you feel alone. There's times when all you're going to look at is the negatives. Everybody's out to get you. You feel cast aside. Nobody likes me anymore. And this, my friends, is the result of fear. Remember, Elijah ran for his life from Jezebel because he was afraid of her. And the Lord said, What are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here? Yahweh is my God. I guess we could say the same thing. When we get like this, 
what are you doing here, self-proclaimed Christian who believes in the Lord Jesus? What are you doing here? Why are you being afraid like this? 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. See, friends, when you focus on nothing but the negatives all the time, and you can't seem to see anything that God has done for you as a blessing, and he's done plenty of blessings, but if all you're looking at is all the terrible, terrible things, you've got a spirit of fear. God did not give you that. Okay, I want you to understand who you're listening to. I know you're hearing something, but who are you listening to? Are you listening to God, or are you testing the spirits that are trying to speak lies to you? Who are you listening to? This is how you gauge it. Jesus said he would always be with us. I'm alone, I'm alone, doesn't hold water. We're never alone, but fear will cloud up a sound mind. And that was Elijah's problem when he felt alone and when he was afraid. He he didn't have a sound mind. He wasn't talking straight. And so for Elijah to have been encouraged to come out of that rut that he was sitting in, what did God say to him that finally snapped him out of this? We need to see how the Lord spoke to him in a dramatic presentation of great power and great destruction. Destruction tore the mountains up, but the Lord was not in that. The Lord was in the still, small voice, a gentle whisper. That's where God was at with Elijah, and that's where God wants to be at with you. Hebrews 1 verse 1. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son. (laughs) So we know that God speaks in various ways for different various purposes, too. But for our understanding of what we're talking about in this chapter— I want us to look at two major ways that God speaks in. God speaks through judgment, and God speaks through grace. Judgment and grace. Elijah, he saw wind, fire, and earthquake. Okay, scary, terrifying stuff. And the text said that it tore into the mountains. It broke up rocks. It was very destructive, very harsh, very severe. It was very terrifying. God's law is a voice of terrifying words because it's speaking against sin. The law of God cuts. The law of God tears. It breaks apart. It breaks through and cuts into the rock-hard hearts of sinful men, like it tore through the mountains, the wind tore through the mountains, the earthquake, the fire. It destroyed and broke through and cut everything up. The law words, the words of the law, it cuts into and breaks up the hearts of men who are deliberately sinning. The law, it shakes a person's conscience, and the law gives us an understanding of God's fiery wrath, that God's wrath is something scary that you don't want to mess with. The law also speaks to us about the punishment and the severity that we all deserve for our sin. But whenever anyone repents and turns from their sin and believes, then the gospel of grace speaks gently with a still, small voice to encourage us with the peace and the pardon that is given to us by Jesus Christ. 
If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it, right? Okay. And so God had been using Elijah lately in the story to execute fearful judgment on the unrepentant, willful sinners that would not turn to the Lord. They were stuck in that crazy Baal worship. And the severity of all this judgment stuff, it started to terrify Elijah into a depression because now Jezebel threatened him and now he's scared. It just kind of overwhelmed him at some point. And so God demonstrated his various communication methods to Elijah with the terrifying wind, the terrifying earthquake, and the severe hot fire. But for Elijah as a believer, God was not in the wind. God was not in the earthquake, and God was not in the fire. But since Elijah was faithful, having a moment of weakness, yes, no doubt, but nevertheless, Elijah was faithful. And so then God was in a still small voice to gently encourage Elijah, hey, buddy, I'm in this with you. You're not by yourself. I'm with you. And guess what, Elijah? I'm sending help. (laughs) I want you to see an amazing passage that kind of depicts this as it refers to the time when Israel was brought to Mount Sinai, the same place where Elijah was at right here in chapter 19. Check this out. This is good. Hebrews 12, 18. For you have not come to the mountain that may be touched, and that burned with fire, and to blackness, and darkness, and tempest, and the sound of a trumpet, and the voice of words, so that those who heard it begged that the word should not be spoken to them any more, for they could not endure what was commanded. And if so much as a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned or shot with an arrow. And so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I am exceedingly afraid and trembling, but you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, to God the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. This is where God made the covenant, the old covenant. It was a law covenant, okay? The law condemning, oh, we're going to shoot you, we're going to stone you, stay away from here. You can't touch this. That was the old covenant with Israel at Mount Sinai. And there was all that judgment, and it terrified everybody. It was so scary. Even Moses couldn't hardly take it. It scared him. But when we come to Jesus, who gave us the new covenant, a new covenant, not of law, but a new covenant of grace, a new covenant of grace. See, the law is you're going to get what you deserve. Grace says you're not going to get what you deserve. You're going to get what you don't deserve a new covenant covenant of grace, then that means there's better things that are spoken there. Things aren't spoken so hostile and so scary in the new covenant. Better things are in the new covenant. And so the example that we were given here was Abel. You remember when Abel was killed by Cain, his blood cried out for vengeance because it was a, it was a murder. The law needs to get Cain for what he did Abel's blood cried out for vengeance. Get him. But friends, the blood of Jesus cries out 
for grace. The blood of Jesus does not cry out for vengeance on us. It cries out for our forgiveness so that we can be saved. Romans 6, 14, for sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. Friends, do you want to hear that still, small voice? Then get under the blood of Jesus. Get under the blood of Jesus, under that new, better covenant that speaks better things, where you can be encouraged to keep on going, because you're not alone. Just like God told Elijah of the help that he had coming, you get under the blood of Jesus in that new, better covenant, then you also have help that will go with you too. Jesus said in John 15, 26, but when the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from my Father, he will testify of me. So, friends, the help that you have to go with you is the Holy Spirit of God. <laughs> when you believe in Jesus, you get the Holy Spirit who indwells you directly. He goes with you. We'd get the Holy Spirit now that the new covenant has been made through Jesus Christ. And I want you to be encouraged in this today because I also want you to learn to discern who is talking to you when you hear words. When you hear things, somebody says or something says something to you and you get this thought in your mind, are you listening to fear or are you listening to the Father? Who are you listening to? God didn't give you a spirit of fear. Which spirit are you listening to? The Holy Spirit or the spirit of fear? Because you did not get that spirit of fear from God. The spirit you got from God is the Holy Spirit. So on one hand, here's a problem. On one hand, there's a lot of believers that listen to the harsh, fearful words of Satan. They think that God is speaking law-condemning judgment against them. They think God is telling them, you messed up. I'm going to get you. I'm going to bring you down because you're so terrible. You're so bad. And you think God is saying this. If you're under the blood of Jesus, he's not talking to you like that. Romans 8.1, listen to this. It says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Let me give it to you in the still small voice version. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. <laughs> and then on the other hand, there's another voice that people hear. There's a lot of unbelievers who have not given their life to Jesus. They are not in covenant with him. They're still in willful sin. They listen to Satan speak counterfeit grace, false grace. They think they're hearing from God that they're okay, they're going to go to heaven, they're going to have eternal life, and they get to go there without giving their life to Jesus at all. They think, I don't have to give my life to Jesus, I'm going to heaven anyway, so I'm just going to keep doing the stupid, crazy stuff I've always been doing. Okay, that's a lie. That's not true. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Friends, you got to get right with Jesus Christ if you expect to be saved in eternal life and go to heaven. You're not going to go any other way. There's no other way to get there. So friends, we need to understand the difference in law talk from grace talk. There's law talk, scary, fearful, terrifying, and there's grace talk, encouraging, loving, gentle, okay? The Bible tells us that we need to test the spirits 
to to determine if they are from God or not. Now consider the fear and the worrisome distress and the depression that Elijah was under. Friends, that was not from the Lord. Well, what is Ray? Help me here. Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. Okay, what's this next word, guys? Read it with me if you got your Bible open. Peace. I'm going to read it again. Love, joy, and peace. Long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. (laughs) Okay. There is no condemning law that can stand against joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So, friends, look, if you're not feeling this peace, this joy, then you're listening to condemning talk, okay? You've got a problem. Either one problem is you are not saved like you think you are, and you need to get saved because you're being warned of the fearful wrath to come, or if you are saved and you're hearing this condemning talk, you need to discern that that is not from God because you are not under condemnation anymore if you're under Jesus. If you're an unbeliever, you need to be warned. If you're an unbeliever and you're scared, then good. You need to be scared because you need to get right with the Lord God. You need to get right today. You've got condemnation coming, and it is no joke. You can only get to the Father through Jesus. But if you're a believer and you're hearing condemning talk, you need to say, no, sir, Satan, I'm not putting up with that. That is not from God. He did not give me a spirit of fear. I'm not listening to this. Friends, you need to listen. Who you, who Who's talking to you? I don't doubt somebody's talking to you, but who is? We need to discern that. Now, just like Elijah, the Lord has sent all of us out, all of us who believe, he has sent us out to call sinners to repentance. And guys, I know it. It's a really tough job. Some of you listening to me, you might be the only believer in your entire family, and you feel in the pressure, and it's very hard. But friends, I want you to be careful, because if you're not careful, The warfare that comes with this calling, it'll drive you crazy. It'll drive you nuts. That's why you need to keep your eyes on Jesus. You need to stay faithful. Faith comes by hearing the word. You need to be hearing that Bible. You need to be reading it. You need to be hearing me on Set for Life. You need to be in your church. You need to go listen to your pastor. You need to hear the word of the Lord all that you can. You need to keep that faith on, okay? Now, Elijah had a time of weakness, and so the Lord worked patiently with him for 40 days with his still small voice. Friends, I want to encourage you today. I want you to start making a habit in your schedule to take routine times of stillness. Turn off the TV, get away from the internet, all those things that are shouting condemnation at everybody and getting you all worried and all riled up. You need to cut that stuff off. Those voices are not for you to be listening to or to be worried about, because in Jesus, there's no condemnation for you. All the condemnation that was coming to you, it got taken out upon Jesus Christ on the cross so that you don't have to be condemned, and that's how you're saved. There's no reason to focus on all the negativity out there because condemnation is not for you. Now, after seeing all the great things that God did for Elijah, if you're wondering why did he fall into such fear, I mean, if you're questioning him, then why do we fall into fear after seeing all the great things that God has done for us? 
I mean, has not God done great things for you? So why are you in a, in, in a fear pattern here? Why are you in a rut? God has given you a better track record than that, right? To not be just looking at all the negatives all the time. So have a time to turn everything off to hear from God's still, small voice. You can't hear a still, small voice. You can't hear a whisper when you're in a noisy place. You've got to get the noise down to hear from the Lord God. He wants to meet you in your personal space, just like he did with Elijah, with a gentle whisper to talk to you intimately, one-on-one. Friends, God cares about you. He loves you, in fact. He sent his son to die in your place so that you don't have to be condemned. Isn't that good news? In fact, the Lord God also, even after you're saved, he sends you the Holy Spirit of God to to go with you. He also sends angels to watch over us, just like the one that touched Elijah and gave him angel food cake, okay? Probably without strawberries and Cool Whip, but it was probably still pretty good. (laughs) Friends, God is not out to get you. God wants to save you. You've got your flaws. I got mine, okay? Every time you make a little mistake, God's not going to put you over and, and smack you for it, okay? Stop thinking that God just wants to kick you in the teeth all the time. That's not God. God wants to encourage you, but are you listening to him? Maybe things are getting rough out there because you're not listening. <laughs> you ever have somebody going crazy and you're trying to talk and you finally go, hey, and you clap your hands, hey, wake up, listen to me. Maybe that's what God's trying to do. Maybe you need to get quiet and say, okay, God, I'm listening. You got my attention now. And listen to him. He wants to get close and he wants to help you with your most pressing concerns. I was having a tough time once at a pastor's conference in this whole big room. This guy gets up in a moment of stillness. They said, let's all be quiet and hear from the Lord. This man gets up crossed the entire room, walked all the way across the entire church, and ended up sitting down right next to me. And he leaned forward and he whispered, Jesus is trying to get closer to you. Jesus wants to get closer to you. And he freaked me out. (laughs) But I was going through a tough time. I was going through some very tough ministry warfare. I was just like Elijah. And this man crossed the entire church in a quiet time to tell me, Jesus is trying to get close to me. Jesus wants me to be closer with him. Friends, I'm trying to tell you, Jesus wants to be closer to you. You need to get in a quiet place and listen to him. Would you give him the opportunity and listen? Friends, don't worry about the wind and the earthquakes and the fire and all the scary stuff going on out there in the world. If you're in Jesus Christ, there's no condemnation for you. God is not in those things for you. God is coming to you with gentle compassion because he loves you, he cares for you, and he wants to meet you right where you are. If you want to get right with Jesus, follow me in prayer. Father, forgive me for I have sinned. I am sorry. I give you my life. I let go of my old life. Lord, It's I let it go. It's all yours. Lord, I'm done. I'm done. Take it. Now show me what to do with it. Show me where to go. I will follow you, Lord, and I thank you that you came after me. Thank you for giving your life to die in my place so that I don't have to be condemned. You are now Lord of my life. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. You are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time 
unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen of Calvary Chapel Pearland. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.